The following message is from King's Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org. Um, be back with you. I just so love coming back to Hastings. It was my home here with you for 30 years or so, and uh, so, feel so connected. I, th- I really think I ought to argue that they could let me come back once a month or something like that, just to uh, see your happy faces and um, uh, just be part with you. But um, uh, as for those who don't know me, uh, sorry, yeah, my name's Steve Young, I'm part of the leadership team here. Um, the reason I'm not often here is because you've heard I'm leading in Bexhill, and I just want to give you a report from Bexhill, just to say that uh, God is really blessing us there. We're so encouraged with all that God is doing. We see, um, we see a range of people coming, visitors most weeks actually, some who know Jesus, some who don't know Jesus yet. And uh, it's so exciting to see God at work. One of the big things for us is um, we've been looking for a, a kind of permanent building for ourselves for a while now. Some of you will um, remember coming about a year ago when we went to look at Sackville Road Methodist Church there, which uh, was uh, coming up for sale. Well, we're still talking to the Methodists about that uh, building. Um, in fact, we put in an offer just this week, actually, which is our sort of second offer. Um, there's been a whole negotiation process. But please join with us in praying about that. We really are um, praying that God will open the doors for us to get that building. We just feel that for us as a venue, we've been going something like five years now, and uh, we're at that point where actually something to harness that kind of midweek energy to really be a presence right in the centre of town. It really is right in the middle of town will be a beautiful thing for us. So we're really excited about that, but please, uh, we'd ask you just to join with us as the uh, Methodists do their deliberations and uh, we wait patiently for that. Um, Great to be continuing our psalm series today. We're going to be looking at um, Psalm 8 uh, today, which is a psalm in which David worships God, drawing inspiration from the wonders of creation that he sees. And I'm going to be sharing it with Mads. So Mads, why don't you come up? Let's uh, introduce uh, yourself. Uh, hi, I'm Mads. Um, Callum and I moved to Bexhill uh, when we first got married about 18 months ago. Um, and we decided actually it was really important for us to get stuck in a church where we live and be a part of a community where we live. Um, and so we got stuck in with uh, Kings Bexhill. Um, and we just absolutely love it, don't we, Cal? It's our home church, it's our family, and we love it. Um, so this is my husband, Callum. Hi, Callum. <laughs> Um, I am not too sure what else to say about myself. Um, 22, and I'm a teacher. Good. You're going to read the psalm? Oh, yeah. This is Psalm 8. If you want to turn there now, if you've got your Bibles. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of them and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. 
You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Great. Thanks, Mads. Yeah, uh, Mads gave a a little introduction. She's a real student of the word, actually. She's just uh, finishing her theology degree. And um, when we were doing her uh, membership course, you know, what are the gifts that you can bring to the church? Well, actually, I want to grow in the grift of preaching. And so it's great to uh, be uh, sharing with Mads today. We're going to look at this psalm in three sections. Firstly, we're going to think about glorifying God as the creator of the heavens and earth. We're going to then look at God's relationship uh, to mankind as he's created beings. And then finally, we'll look at mankind's relationship back to creation. But I think first and foremost, when I start to think about God and creation, it reminds me that actually we have a God who wants to reveal himself to us. He wants us to know what he's like. And part of the way he does that is through the wonder of creation. The unimaginable size of the universe. And God's bigger than that. The detail of the smallest fly or beetle. He cares about each little element. The beauty of your favourite view is mine. The wonder of the human body. God reveals himself through these things. We're supposed to stop and wonder, to catch our breath in awe. We used to uh, pray in Bexhill quite early on a Sunday morning and we'd be in our um, sitting room with a window which sort of faces south and often the sunrise would come up and spread itself before us and we'd stop our prayers and we'd wonder at the beauty of creation. That refrain from the psalm, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. It was great. We had Paul Edworthy talking about the universe, didn't we, just a couple of weeks ago. And some of the kind of numbers that sort of I dug out and I thought really kind of gives an idea. The universe, you know, it spans a diameter of over 150 billion light years. You know what a light year is, don't you? That's how far light travels in one year and you know how fast light goes well I don't but you know it's very fast and 150 billion light years it would take 450 million years for a modern spacecraft just to reach the center of our galaxy there's more stars in the universe than grains of sand on all the beaches on earth you know that's at least a billion trillion however many that is, how many noughts is that? An estimate for the Milky Way alone, the bit we can see is around 200 to 400 billion stars. And actually, the bits we can see, that is only 5% of the universe. 95% of it is made up of visible dark energy, dark matter that we can't actually see. It's an amazing universe that we can see and that we're part of. 
I find it so interesting that when Jesus came to earth and, and actually part of what he was doing was revealing uh, God the Father through his um, presence here on earth. But actually Jesus used creation to show us how big and powerful God was, to show us how loving and kind. Do you remember the disciples were worrying about food and clothing? And Jesus in Luke 12 tells them, look at the lilies of the field. They, work, they don't worry about what they're going to wear. They don't labour, they don't spin, it says. And yet God arrayed them so beautifully, better than Solomon with all his riches. You don't need to worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to live. You remember in Matthew 8, Jesus was out with his disciples in, the in a boat when the storm came. He was asleep. The disciples were scared stiff. Waking Jesus up. Jesus gets up. It tells the storm to be quiet. What does it say? It says they were amazed. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Creation is powerful, but God is more powerful. Luke 5, the disciples have been fishing all night. They caught nothing. Jesus wanted to show them who he was, his power over creation. Sent them out. Cast your nets on the other side. And they caught more fish than they could actually manage. And that's to say nothing of the healings, the resurrections from the dead, other miracles where we see God in creation. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic in your name. David, who wrote this psalm, in his early life he was a shepherd, long days and nights out on the hills looking after the sheep, protecting them. Plenty of time to wonder at the creation in front of him. Those stars, the distant galaxies. And David will have thought of the account that we read in Genesis chapter 1 to 3 of creation. That the earth was formless and void. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. Let them be for signs and seasons and for days and for years. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. I spoke recently to Andrea Harwood. She used to be part of the venue in Bex Hills, now up here with you. And I always think of Andrea a little bit like Superwoman. You know, she runs those ultra marathons before breakfast and does amazing things. It's true. Um, and she set out to row round the UK with a, an all-female crew. Was it eight of you originally? Five, okay, even more amazing. Five of them were going to row around the, um, the UK and they set out from um, Tower Bridge, I think, on the Thames, down the Thames, round sort of past Dover, past um, Dungeness, along the south coast, Isle of Wight, round, what is it, Land's End at the side and, and up the Irish Sea. And, uh, you know, as they were going up there, I think there was a storm happened and some of their equipment got damaged. They had to abandon, but amazing kind of feat to even get that far, let alone um, to contemplate going all the way around. 
And I was sort of saw Andrea just after she'd done it, and I sort of said, well, how was it, Andrea, you know? And um, you kind of knowing her sort of superwoman-type attributes, I was thinking she was going to say, you know, oh, I was so physically hard, look at my blisters, or, but it was great being a team together. But she sort of went kind of gooey-eyed, really, and she said, the sky was amazing. You could only see sky and, and, um, and see, hear the noise of the oars being out there all night. It was amazing. I'm not going to try it for the experience, but it's awe-inspiring <laughs> when we pause and look. I could do it. Well, I might be able to do it. Uh, well, uh, all right, I won't. No, no. But anyway, it's awe-inspiring, isn't it? When we get in a little boat in the middle of the sea and uh, we pause and think about the created order. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. And, you know, it's the right and the proper response to the wonder of creation to give praise to the creator. Romans 1.20 tells us, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. And marvelling at the wonders, the magnificence of creation, it's a place where we can find strength, a place where we find the see, the majesty, the power of our God. And that's the God who's with us in every circumstance. That's the God who has his hand upon your life. That's the one who cares deeply and wants the best for you. This is your God. There's strength and security and confidence here. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. Mads, over to you. Thank you so much, Steve. I don't know about you, but just hearing those statistics blows my mind. How vast, how big the universe is, how wide it is. It's also so intricate and so perfect and so detailed and just so beautiful. But most of the time, I don't know about you guys, I don't take this beautiful world that we live in and I don't really appreciate it. I take it for granted most of the time. When I'm out and about, I don't go, wow, this universe is beautiful. Or when I'm on the walk with the dog, I don't go, oh, this is, you know, this is amazing. I just kind of go about my life or I get distracted by my own things. Cal and I have recently got a puppy. This is him. Isn't he so cute? Yeah, this is Rufus. He is a little handsome poser, as you can see. Uh, he is four and a half months old, and he is just adorable. Um, but Cal and I, when we first got him and we decided, oh, we're going to get a puppy, we had this picture in our head of what it would be like. We were like, oh, it's going to be amazing. We're going to have, we're going to go on these amazing walks together. We're going to have intentional time as a couple. We're going to be away from our screens. Maybe we can pray on these walks. It would be a great opportunity to spend time with God. 
But I don't know if any of you have owned a puppy, but it is not like that at all. Not like that at all. Most of the time when we go on these walks, I'm pulling things out of his mouth. You don't want to know the gross things I've had to yank out of that boy's mouth. Um, I'm picking up his toilets, or I'm trying to get him to come back to me if he's uh, run off and he's seen another dog. Um, but most of the time, you get distracted, and you don't have time to even chat to each other, let alone appreciate creation. Uh, but... This, the other week, we went on this beautiful walk. Um, it's like a valley walk from Bexhill to Crowhurst. You might have done it. It's like behind a road, a bit hidden. And it was absolutely beautiful. This is that walk now. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it amazing? Um, so Callum and I went on that walk with Rufus, and there was no one there. It was so quiet. There was no other dogs. And so Rufus couldn't really get distracted. So we were able to actually like go on a walk and appreciate God's creation. And that was the first time in ages where I've looked up and been like, oh my goodness, creation is amazing. And I, w- I would encourage you guys to try and go out in creation more, um, to see God in it and to see God revealed in it too. As Steve has said, God is an incredible and an amazing creator. He has made every single thing in this world and he has made it all beautiful in its time as well. And he's also made us. We are created beings. Mankind, humans, we are created. Now God, as this amazing, all-powerful, all-knowing God, could have just made us and gone, Oh, they're cool. That's nice. I want to move on to something better now. Like, they're okay, but I can make something better than that. And he, he could have done. He's God. But he doesn't. He makes us distinct and unique and separate from every single thing in creation because he makes us in his image. He makes us in his likeness. Everything that has been created has been created with a purpose. So the pen, the purpose of a pen is to write. Your phone was created so that you can contact people. And us, as created beings, have a purpose. We were designed for a relationship with our Heavenly Father. I don't know about you, but when I'm not in relationship with God, when I'm not seeking a relationship with Him, or when I'm not kind of cultivating a sense of closeness to Him, I feel rubbish, or I get agitated more, I get annoyed more, and little things in life just... Um, tend to nag at me a bit more when I'm not in relationship with Jesus. And the reason why is because I wasn't designed to not be in relationship with Jesus. If I walked into the sea with my phone, it's going to get damaged, it's going to get broken, because guess what, my phone wasn't designed to go in the sea. If we don't have an intimate relationship with Jesus, we're going to get damaged and life's going to be a bit harder for us because we were designed to be in a relationship with him. We were designed originally to live in the Garden of Eden with God. Now, Eden in Hebrew literally means heaven or paradise. So we were designed originally to live with our Heavenly Father in paradise. We were designed to live with him and live in relationship with him in paradise. But we sinned, we made a mistake, and we got separated from God. So Adam and Eve, I'm sure we all know this story, they disobeyed God and they did the one thing 
that God told them not to do. And they ate that fruit from the tree. And in doing that, they got banished from the Garden of Eden. You see, sin and God can't exist in the same place. One, because if sin existed in Eden, then it wouldn't be paradise. And two, God is so holy and so pure and so good that sin can't exist in the same place as God. It'd be like having a room that's completely bright and light, but also having a room that's completely black and dark at the same time. So we got banished from the Garden of Eden and we also got separated from God. Our relationship got damaged. But this amazing creator, the the creator of the universe, the heavens, the stars, everything, all the things that Steve was just talking to us about, he wanted, wanted a relationship with us as his children so badly that he gave his one and only son. God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on our behalf. He sent this perfect and sinless man to die in our place, to die from all of our sins, all of our mistakes, and all of our wrongdoings. And because of Jesus' death and resurrection, Romans 8 verse 39 tells us that there is nothing that separates us from the love of God. Neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we now get to have a relationship with the creator of the universe. Who are we that God is mindful of us? That the person that created everything runs after us and sacrifices everything just to be in relationship with us. Who is man that God is mindful of us? Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, we, get, we now get to experience a relationship with God again. We get to experience him tangibly. We get to feel him, his presence. We get to hear him speak to us. We get to have him alongside us as our helper, as our friend, and as our advocate. And he has designed this world specifically for us. If the sun was a tiny bit closer, we wouldn't be here. If there was a bit more sea than land, we wouldn't be here. But he has designed the world so intricately just so that we can live in here. Isn't that amazing? And so surely it's our responsibility, being made in God's image, to take care of this world and make sure that it's habitable for us. And Steve's going to come up and talk to us a bit more about that now. Great, thanks Madswell. Come back a little bit more to that relationship that God wants to have with us. But God created mankind. There's a a moment in Genesis 2 verse 7 where it tells us God created man that he breathed life into his nostrils, the breath of life. That man then became a living being. And he gives mankind dominion over all the rest of the created order, the fish, the birds, the livestock. And that's a dominion word from Genesis that we see here again in the psalm that we've been looking at today. It's not a dominion to exploit that creation. We see in Genesis 2:15 that man's job in the garden was to work the land to keep it, more of a sense of stewardship, cultivating food, managing the natural cycles. 
sustainably managing the earth. And it's important that we use our God-given abilities to play our part, cooperating with God, if you like, to manage the world we live in. So important not to ignore it or take it for granted. Now, well, some of you will know, but not everyone, that in my secular career before I worked for the church, I worked in sea defence for a good number of years. And I was trying to think of an example of what does dominion look like for us when, you know, myself, I'm not an agricultural person particularly. And so I was thinking about myself in, in uh, sea defence. I, I give this to stimulate your thought, really. You may agree with me or not that um, this is a good example of dominion over creation. But as a sea defence engineer, what you're trying to do is to prevent erosion and flooding. And in order to do that for a coastal engineer, the most uh, important thing you want to do is try to create a natural beach, to maintain a beach along a coastline. A beach is a really effective way of dissipating the energy of the sea when it comes in, stopping it doing damage, uh, stopping it overwhelming the flood defences. But a beach is a very dynamic thing. Shingle and sand moving around under the forces of the waves and the currents. And it's not easy to maintain a beach. You can only do it if you really understand what the natural environment is doing. So any obstacle on the beach will interrupt the natural flow of shingle and sand. So if you build a harbour arm, like you've got in Hastings, you'll get a bit of build-up of shingle on one side which is really useful to protect the town and to build a car park on it. I'm not sure that was a good use of it, but anyway, you can build a car park on the beach. But then if you look along to Fairlight, you don't see very much beach at all. Houses on the top of the cliff that are being eroded. I think this house has actually gone now because there's no beach there. Or you go on to Pet Level and you see a narrow beach protecting a big area of low-lying land. So the Environment Agency end up trucking shingle back from Rye Harbour to keep the beef healthy, protect the land behind. Maybe it's a practical example of us to use our abilities. And I give it as just an example for you to think, what does dominion over creation mean for me in my working life, in my day-to-day -day being? We know that that whole work of managing creation became harder once man sinned and went his own way. But the fundamental charge to work and to keep creation remains. And of course, if we think about it, we're not actually doing very well at it. What have we had this summer? The hottest temperatures on record. And there are a few scientists now who depart from the view that actually this is a result of global warming and that actually we can link that back to our own emissions and the ways we're managing the environment. I think it's easy for many of us in our Western society to take the environment for granted. We're separated and insulated from many of the effects that take place. It's inconvenient when there's a drought, isn't it? You know, some of the plants, sorry, Clive, in my garden will die. My grass looks pretty awful. But if you were a subsistence farmer in Africa, your family, your children, might well be starving to death in front of your eyes. I was thinking about this a little bit 
and I was thinking about frozen peas. Now, frozen peas are just my sort of vegetable. They're really easy to prepare. They kind of all look the same, they taste sweet. They're always in the freezer. You know, it's easy, isn't it? You know, if I'm on my own, pull out the frozen peas. But do we ever think where they come from? Where did they grow? When did they grow? How much energy was used in growing and harvesting, getting them to me and keeping them frozen? It's a very different vegetable, isn't it, to those peas that I might occasionally have in my garden for three or four weeks of the year if I'm lucky. They have to be laboriously shelled from their pods. So easy, isn't it, to seek convenience and lose that connection to the environment. The Environment Agency recently told us the biodiversity crisis joins the climate crisis as an existential risk to our survival. The solution is not to retreat, but to work together to build a nature positive response. What that means is that actually the biodiversity crisis, the extinction of species actually starts to impact on us as human beings. We need to think about these things. Working the land and keeping it was the charge. We need to do better. We live in such a beautiful world as we've seen, a world that's designed to reveal the glory of God, a world where there's a fine and intricate balance of natural forces sustaining it. We must use the intelligence and expertise that God has given us to manage it well. Our responsibilities, before God even as individuals, is to consider our own impact on the environment. How do we use less of the Earth's resources? How do I live more sustainably? What are the personal actions I can take? How can I use my intelligence, the gifts God has given me, to play my part? And of course we know that God has not finished with creation. The fall has in some ways caused creation to be tarnished. Death and destruction has come into the equation. Our hope and our future is for a new heaven and a new earth not a polished and a patched up version of we see, but creation as God intended it. A creation that displays his glory where we will live forever with our God. This is our Christian hope. But our response is not to neglect the world we live in, but to steward it, to tend it as God intended, that it may continue to point us to the majesty of God and that many others will be called to fall in worship, that awe and wonder because of creation and all that God has made. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. So I hope we've given you some helpful thoughts from creation there. We live in such an amazing beautiful and intricate world that speaks powerfully of the creator. Let's make sure we take time to notice it and to respond with worship to the one who made it all. In making man and woman, he made us distinct from everything else in creation. He made us for relationship with you.
Have you responded to that invitation to come to him, to put aside your own sin and selfish desires, to give yourself completely to God's plans and purpose for you? And the role of mankind to the created order is clear. We're given dominion over this earth. We must be careful not to abuse that power, but to manage creation for God's glory. And as individuals, we need to think about our own lives. What are we doing personally to ensure that the earth is managed well and that God's majesty continues to be revealed through creation? Oh Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Mads, you're going to come and pray for us. God, we thank you for your glory. We thank you for your majesty. We thank you for this beautiful world that you have made for us. We thank you that you care for us so much. We thank you that you want a relationship with us. And we thank you that actually relationship with you benefits us. It helps us in our lives, Father God. And we pray um, that you would help us to be better stewards in this world, Father God. Help us to represent you. Help us to be like you and how you care for us. Help us to represent that in our care for creation, Father God. Amen.